Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Today we see Paul continue his journey through Macedonia into Thessalonica, which was one of the cities in Macedonia. Let's turn now to Acts chapter 17 and we'll read from verse 1 to 9. Acts 17 verse 1 to 9. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This was one of the places where Paul Paul and Silas spent the least amount of time. It says they were preaching in a synagogue for three Sabbath days. That's three weeks, maybe four weeks. That was all they spent. And the way and the, the way things went was really disastrous. Although the first three weeks were very um, productive, where many, some of the Jews were persuaded, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks, quite a few prominent women. But those three very intense weeks, the conversions may have taken place in the synagogue on the Sabbath three, three weeks. But when we read Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, It appears that Paul had spent three full weeks every day working with the disciples, the believers, building them up in the faith. And so even in those three or four very intense weeks, the church in Thessalonica became a powerful church. Let me read some of um, Paul's descriptions of the church that he wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And in verse 7 it says, And you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering, the joy given by the Holy Spirit. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore we do not need to say anything about it, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave to us. And so while the time was short, just three or four intense weeks, the church in Thessalonica became a model church in, in Macedonia. And they not only sent people around Macedonia as missionaries or to spread the gospel, but they sent it around further afield. Let's look at this story 
that didn't have a very good um, well it was a terrible time actually and yet how it became a strong church and what the two issues that two subjects that I want to deal with are jealousy jealousy which is a, an intense self-destructive act, act of hostility that, that destroys that which is good and moral courage which one could say is the opposite of jealousy because it is an equally intense emotion and action that seeks to build up and stand up for that which is right. Paul and Silas had gone to the synagogue on three Sabbath days and they had preached the gospel and Jews and a large number of God-fearing Greeks and prominent women had come to the Lord. And then the trouble began. Other Jews were jealous. This theme of jealousy appeared also in Acts chapter 13, verse 45, when it also said that the Jews were jealous of Paul. Jealousy was and is a very destructive force. It was this jealousy that caused the Jews to go to look up bad characters from the marketplace. I mean, these were pious Jews who then looked out for, went to seek after gangsters to form a mob. And the, and what was worse was that the accusations um, were about, um, what was that? The, the accusations were not only false, but were about the defiance of Caesar's decrees. We know from history that the Jews were very against Caesar. And yet in a time of jealousy, they didn't mind first rounding up um, a mob of unruly people and then trumping up accusations as though they were so much for Caesar and saying that Paul and his friends and the believers were against Caesar. How destructive could these people who were jealous be? But did you know and do you remember that jealousy was the first sin after the fall of Adam and Eve. Cain was jealous of Abel. Because Abel did well, Cain, and was approved by God, Cain became jealous of Abel. And this is what, let me read to you from uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse, um, verse 6 and 7. This is what God said to Cain. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Let's be clear. Jealousy is a very, very powerful, self-destructive emotion. It seeks to destroy its rival, but not only its rival, but it seeks to destroy things that are beautiful. Just as in the story of Cain and Abel, Cain did not do well and he was not approved by God. Abel did well, but Cain and his jealousy killed Abel, who was good before the Lord. Jealousy always seeks to destroy that which is good. In this Acts story in Acts 17, the gospel was being preached to Gentiles, was being preached to people who received the gospel. 
And the Jews were the heirs of the promise. They were the heirs to this promise of the Messiah. And yet because of the jealousy, they turned away and they attacked Paul and Silas, accusing them of terrible things. In fact, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul puts jealousy together with all the other sins and works of the works of the evil one. Quarreling, jealousy, rage, rivalry, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Biting and devouring one another. Jealousy is a very destructive and dangerous attitude and emotion. But you know, we fall prey to jealousy very, very often. We're jealous when a rival or colleague at work gets favoured from a boss, by a boss. We're jealous when colleagues' work or classmates' work is praised by the teacher and yours is not. We're jealous when someone gets more attention, gets promoted, sometimes even gets more work and sometimes less work. We're jealous of our siblings because we feel that our parents favour them more than they favour us. But the temptation to be jealous occurs very often in various parts of our lives. One of the things that God said to Cain then was, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, you must overcome it. Whenever you feel a sense of envy or jealousy against another, we need to take it very, very seriously and nip that feeling, that thought in, our, in the bud. We cannot allow that to fester and to grow. Because to allow it to fester and to grow will destroy yourself and will destroy the things that are beautiful. But if you were to lay before the Lord and say, God, I have this terrible emotion. I feel jealous of my colleagues who have done better or may not have done better but have been praised by the bosses who have had promotions when I should have gotten it. God, I feel jealous. And when we bring that to the Lord and allow the Lord to deal with us, then God will help us. And this sense of jealousy occurs in the highest levels of Christianity as well. Happens to us when we are not given proper the church that we wanted. Happens to us when we are not praised for hard work that we have been looking for. Happens to us when we do not get the position that we have been eyeing. And it bites into us. And all of us are susceptible to jealousy. But one of the things that we must be very alert to is this, that we must watch to ensure that jealousy does not get the better of us, but that we must, by the strength of God, overpower jealousy. Otherwise, it will turn round and consume us. Now then, let me talk about the opposite of jealousy, which is moral courage. The jealous Jews and the mob of rebels caught went to Jason's house where Paul and Silas used to be staying, but apparently they had left the house and run off hidden somewhere else. And so they grabbed Jason and a few other believers and threatened them with sedition. 
What they were charged with was a very serious offence. They were charged with sedition, proclaiming that there was a God who was greater than Caesar. Now all this was false witness, of course, false testimony. But it must have been terrifying for Jason and the believers. They were just fresh. Jason and the believers stood firm. There comes a time in all our lives when we must stand firm for what we believe to be right. Of course, we should not just mindlessly stand for this and stand for that. We shouldn't mindlessly take stands without thinking carefully. But when we have examined the evidence and when we know that we are being faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ, then it is important that we make our stand clear on issues of compassion, issues of justice, issues that we believe are right before the Lord. And so often we may be in the minority. I always love to be in the majority, of course. I look around and I see people with me and I feel very encouraged and emboldened and I can do that. But moral courage is called most of all when we look around and everyone holds a view that's opposite to ours. And not only that they hold a view that is opposite to ours, they hold it strongly and sometimes even violently. Jason and the disciples were facing a crowd. They were neighbours probably, they lived together, but suddenly they faced a crowd that was hostile, accusing them of supporting Paul and Silas and going against Caesar. It must have been a frightening moment. But as far as we know, Jason and the disciples stood firm. They, they posted bail and uh, a bond and they were set free for a while pending trial. Story hadn't ended for them. But what had happened was that they made that stand. And that calls for moral courage. I believe the church in Thessalonica flourished because there were men and women like Jason and the believers. Though the time that Paul and Silas spent was brief, yet because of the courage of Jason and the believers and others who stood firm and continued to walk in the way of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church flourished. As disciples of Jesus, we too need to make such stands. Whether it is at home, whether it's in the in the workplace, whether it is in church, when we believe strongly in justice and in righteousness, then God calls us to make that stand. Of course, sometimes two Christians could may disagree over an issue very strongly, in which case then we sit down and we talk in love, we discuss it in love. But it doesn't mean that we should back down easily because we're afraid of the majority. Jealousy is something that is destructive. We must act strongly and quickly to weed it out of our lives. And we need also to have moral courage to make a stand for that which is right. Shall we pray? Father, we ask that you will search our hearts, cause us to be watchful, that we may not fall prey to jealousy, 
that so many times when we're jealous of others, especially those close to us. We may be jealous of our siblings who may have gotten more favour from their par- our parents or more inheritance from them. We have done far better than we. We are tempted to be jealous when our colleagues and our co-workers have more attention from the boss, are praised more than we are, or are even given promotions and raises. We are easily jealous when our friends do better than us in studies, in sports and the things that we are passionate about. We are sometimes even jealous of our spouses when they get more attention from our kids. But Father, we are easily tempted in every place to be jealous. We ask that you help us to guard against that and when we do really feel jealous, that you give us the grace to weed that out of our lives. But God, we pray also for moral courage. Many of us are non-confrontational. We'd rather sit on the fence or sit in the shadows. We don't want the attention. We don't want to stand up and be recognised. But Father, we acknowledge that there are times when we do. We do need to stand up and state what our faith, what our convictions are. And at these times, Lord, we ask for courage to do so. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, you have a blessed week. God bless you. Goodbye.